It was true that it'd be more efficient to search for ground where plants weren't growing, since too much water actually made it harder for them to grow. Good thinking, Lutz. Thanks. Hey. Stop, mine. I tried moving over there immediately, but Lutz grabbed the back of my neck and pulled me back. He was incomparably bigger and stronger than me, so I had no way of escaping him. Your job today is to rest, remember? Did you not hear me? What's so important that you gotta dig for it right now? Lutz followed up his neck grab by pulling my ears. I wailed while flailing my arms around. Ow. Ow. It's something I really, really want. But it's not something we can eat or anything, so I can't ask Tully to get it for me. I glared at Lutz with tears in my eyes while rubbing my ears, which made him falter a little. He must not have expected me to argue back, or maybe he was just surprised to see me get so stubborn about something when I usually didn't. My raw instincts told me not to let this opportunity slip me by. Are you saying you'll dig for me if I rest? I'll dig for you once I finish getting enough firewood. So come on, mine, rest. His unexpected answer made me freeze up. I could only stare at him, stunned. Although I had led the conversation in that direction, I had to wonder if Lutz understood what he was saying. Rather than helping me make my clay tablets, he should focus on gathering as much as possible for his family. Lutz, um, I appreciate the thought, but shouldn't you, um, focus on yourself? You're too weak to dig up clay. So, I'll do it. But in return, tell me what you'll use the clay for, what you want to do with it. Why? I can save time and avoid wasted effort if I know what you want to do. Cause I mean, look, you were digging in the wrong place for what you wanted. NGH. I can't argue with that. It was true that even with a clear goal in mind, I struggled a lot due to not knowing what things were called in this world, not noticing that things looked different here from what I had seen in my Ureno days, and not having access to the tools I needed. Thanks to Lutz firmly pointing out my error, I knew that he hadn't said he would help without thinking, but I didn't know why he was willing to help. It made me feel weird. Why are you willing to help me, Lutz? Huh? I mean, you made those Peru cakes for me when I was real hungry, right? That day, I decided to help you with whatever you needed. No matter. What? Boo? Just that? He'll help me dig out clay, just for that? To be honest, it was hard for me to understand Lutz's willingness to perform hard labor for me, but maybe he was just the kind of person who cared a lot about repaying. Gratitude. If he wanted to help, that was fine with me. I felt kinda bad about it, but when it came to matters of strength, I would leave everything I could to him. Okay, Lutz, I'll leave it to you. I can just wait here. All right. I'll be back in no time. Lutz really did finish picking up firewood. In no time. He then led me to ground with poor water drainage. It was a lower point in the forest, with slanted ground surrounding it. Should be around here. Lutz took the twig-like spade I brought with me. And started digging with it. 
mine. You know, thinking about it, why'd you even bring the spade with you? You never intended to keep our promise, huh? Ah? You, um, that's, well. I was just so excited to go to the forest. I just accidentally brought the stuff I needed with me. Lutz flinched a bit and thrust the spade hard into the ground as if to release his burning emotions. Sheesh. You look all nice and sweet on the outside, but I can't let my guard down around you. Actually, I think you should let your guard down a bit more. Why do you have to be smarter than dad? Mr. Gunther is just too soft on you. I could only watch silently as Lutz used his anger to dig. Somehow, the twig was steadily making progress through the ground. Unlike my scratching, the Ground was getting flung away chunk by chunk. It was so weird, I couldn't understand it. Is he just that much stronger than me? Is he holding the spade differently? Is there some trick here? Wait, is it just me, or is the ground a different color now? After Lutz dug about 50 centimeters into the ground, it changed color. Is this the stuff you want? I grabbed some of it and tried squeezing it in my hand. It was cold, heavy, and changed shape inside of my hand. This was definitely the sticky clay I had been looking for. This is it. It would have taken me days to dig this far. You're amazing, Lutz. So strong. There's not a guy alive who's not stronger than you, mine. Despite. Sounding peeved, Lutz kept on digging up the sticky clay. Giddy with excitement, I brought chunks of the clay and set them on top of a large rock, bit by bit. I wonder how many clay tablets this will make. That alone made me grow terribly fond of this clay, as silly as that sounded. So, what do you need this stuff for? Eh hey. I'm gonna make clay tablets with it. Clay tablets? Uh-huh. I took the clay, acquired through Lutz's hard labor, and squished it into the shape of a thin tablet. I then grabbed a nearby, tiny stick and started carving in a Japanese bedtime story that my old mom had told me. I would have preferred to write in the language of this world, not Japanese, but Otto was only teaching me. Words that had to do with work, I could write the basic template for a letter of Introduction, and I could write out various things related to noble offices, but I couldn't write words related to my basic daily life. Are those letters you're writing? Uh-huh, basically. If I write something down here, I can remember it later. Just by reading. Written records are amazing, don't you think? And books are. Just filled with these written records, so they're even more amazing. Wow. Lutz, thanks for digging up this clay. You really saved me. If you still need to gather stuff, go ahead. I'll be sitting right here and writing. All right. You better stay still. I was writing a story aesthetically similar to The Elves and the Shoemaker. Ice Sky Edition. It was such an epic tale that even if I packed each clay tablet with letters, I would need ten to tell the whole story. Yay! I finished. Upon writing the last word and settling things with a climatic fin, I was struck with a sense of overwhelming accomplishment.
Wow. Clay tablets. I finished the clay tablets. Oh great and mighty. Mesopotamian culture, may you live forever. I would be finished for real once I heated the tablets on our hearth such that they wouldn't break. I squeezed my stick and turned around to see the other finished tablets I had stacked on top of one another. Jaiawa. I slapped my hands on my cheeks and screamed in a way that made me the spitting image of Edvard munch as the scream. What? I saw before me was so unbelievable my mind went white. Lutz, holding his gathering basket, rushed back to where I was. What's? Wrong, mine? Faye stepped on them. He messed them up, you ah. The first half of, the story I had put all into writing, more than half really, had turned into. Mush beneath Faye and his friend's feet. The tablets had crumbled apart and the footsteps covering them made the text unreadable. I, I had finally finished them. So mean. You ah. How hard do you think I worked to come here? How hard do you think it was for me to make this weak, sick body stronger? I even wrapped Lutz and Tully into this to finish them, and yet. Gah. Stupid dumb idiots. I glared at Faye and the others as hard as I could, choking back sobs as tears streamed down my face. Rage coursed through my body as if to set my blood. Boiling, but somehow, my mind was frighteningly calm. I knew on the inside I was being immature, but I couldn't calm myself down. Faye and his friends flinched from my glare and slowly backed away, trembling in fear. I was almost there. I was one step away from getting a book, and now it's all a mess. How are they going to make up for this? As I began thinking of ways to cool my rage over my clay tablets being messed up, Tully came running over. With a terrified look on her face, probably having heard my scream. Mine, what's wrong? She peered over to see my face, and immediately her expression twisted into one of fear, just like Faye's. What happened? You look really, really mad. She averted her eyes from me and looked around to assess the situation while consoling me. Mine, you can't let yourself get that mad. I'm sure they didn't mean to hurt your feelings, right? Whether or not they meant to hurt me, the ruined clay tablets wouldn't be coming back. My rage over all my efforts being wasted couldn't be calmed by Tully's words alone. Whatever. I'm never gonna forgive them. With tears and snot trickling. Down my face, I glared with all my might at Faye and his friends as they quivered. In terror, before suddenly Lutz patted me on the back. I remember you saying you spent three months building up strength, just so. You could go to the forest and make clay tablets. I get why you're mad. I get. Why you don't want to forgive them, I really do. But no matter how mad you get, what's done is done. The only thing you can do is make them again. And uh, yeah, I'll help you. If we start right now, we can make it to the gate before it closes. I'll help, mine. Okay? Faye and the others feel bad about what they did, so they'll help. Too. Right? Yeah, definitely. We didn't think they mattered that much to you. Sorry. Seriously. 
clinging to the lifesaver thrown to them by Lutz and Tully, Faye, and... The others nodded their heads hard and hurriedly reached to the tablets they had been stepping on. Faye's apology and the assurance that we could make new ones. Before the gate closed made the anger drain out of me. Staying angry wouldn't. Be as productive as getting to work making new tablets. Okay. I'll make new ones. I had more or less managed to finish writing. The story on the old tablets, so my approach in making them wasn't flawed. I had to be satisfied with how much easier they were to make than papyrus. But I didn't forget to drive the point home to Faye and his cronies. Don't. Think any of you will get a second chance. Apparently, I reigned as the queen of the rumored top people you should. Never make angry rankings for some time. Clay tablets won't work. As expected by basically everyone, going to the forest, making clay tablets, and exploding with rage all took so much out of me that I ended up better than. With a fever. Apparently I had murmured clay tablets under my breath over, and over the whole time. I clenched my fists, resolved to go right to the forest to make more clay. Tablets, but Dad wouldn't let me. No way, not a chance. We gotta see how you're. Health holds up. Wait until tomorrow. All right? Okaway. Naturally, he wouldn't give me permission to do something as reckless as go straight to the forest the day after recovering from a fever. But still, he said I could go to the forest tomorrow if I didn't get another fever today, so I started preparing for tomorrow with excitement in my heart. First, I took a board from the storage room, whose true purpose I didn't. No, and put it on the bottom of my basket for stability. I then took some torn-up cloths that Mom was intending to sew into rags and stealthily put them into my bag. With all that done, I could wrap the clay tablets up and bring them home. With me. Okay, time to make tons and tons of clay table eats. I woke up in excitement the next morning, but it was raining hard. In fact, it was a torrential downpour, which was rare for this area. Things were so bad it was like a typhoon. We could hear the wind and rain even after tightly shutting our windows. New. Rain? In a world without weather forecasts, we were at the mercy of Mother Nature's whims. Or really, I was sick so much that I only ever left the house when my family said I could, which meant up until now, I never had to worry about the weather. Visions of the clay tablets falling apart beneath the rain flashed through my mind. Although I had hidden them beneath some sturdy-looking shrubbery, they would definitely not survive this storm unharmed. Jaya! My, clay tablets, they're gonna turn into mush. Hold it, mine. Just where do you think you're going? To the forest. I immediately tried running outside without a second thought, but mom grabbed the back of my neck and stopped me. What in the world are you thinking? You already get sick so easily, this storm would kill you. Do you not realize it's so bad we can't even go to the... Well, the sounds of the storm raged through our home, despite the tightly shut windows, emphasizing just how bad the storm really was. I would never survive.
outside if even healthy adults hesitated to step outside to reach the well. I sunk to the floor. My, clay table eats. Ah. Don't worry, mine. Everyone said they'll help you, so you'll be able to. Make new ones faster than before. You don't need to get super mad again. Tuli. Rubbed my head, consoling me. She really was a good older sister. The rare storm continued for two days, and it took another two days after that. Before we kids were allowed to go to the forest again. It was a bright and sunny morning, and everyone looked excited to visit the forest again after so long. And today was a day where apprentices didn't have work, so there were a lot more kids than usual, especially big ones. Lutz is older. Brother Ralph was going to the forest, too. He had a large basket on his back and was carrying a bough. Hey, uh, mine. Feeling better? Hi, Ralph. I've been better, but the day Dad said I could go to the forest. Again, the storm hit. Now that's rough. Ralph rustled my hair and then went to see Tully. Sup, Tully. Ralph. It feels like it's been forever since we saw each other. Perhaps do. To having started work as an apprentice, Ralph looked a lot more mature and confident in himself. And Tully, who I had been cleaning up in preparation for. Her baptism beamed an angelic smile. Uh-huh, these two would definitely be a nice couple, I think. Ralph and Tully both care a lot about others, so I think they would be a good fit for each. Other. I watched the two of them, grinning, when suddenly Lutz pulled me over. To him. Mine, get a grip. You gotta start at the front of the group since you walk so. Slow, remember? Right, sorry. The platoon of kids, myself included, walked on and passed through the gate. What was normally a grassy wonderland had been scarred deeply by the storm, with mud scattered everywhere. Um. Does this world have financial assistance? For natural disasters? I kept moving, looking around me in a dazed surprise, when something suddenly got in the way of my eyes. Surprised, I looked to the side and saw that. Lutz was waving his hands in front of my face. Wah. Is something up? Nah, I was just wondering if you were actually awake. Hey. Mine. Are you? Gonna make those, uh, clay tablets, again? What are they, anyway? Even if I wasn't writing in Japanese, Lutz was illiterate. He had no idea what. I was writing. Not to mention that his daily life involved no paper or writing. Whatsoever. There wasn't a single letter written anywhere in his home. He no doubt knew nothing of the splendor of media in general, with clay tablets just. One of the mediums of recording information he had never encountered in his life. I began to teach Lutz, feeling an odd sense of responsibility to proselytize. Books and writing. Well, it's simple. They're things to write on. Like, if you have something you don't want to forget, you can write it down on them. That way you can't forget it, right? If you store the tablet properly, you can look at it. Whenever you want. That's what, clay tablets, are for. They're just one, medium. 
of recording information out of many. Clay is so squishy that you can just use a finger to wipe away mistakes, and once you're done, you can harden them with fire. Don't you think that's amazing? Maybe due to how I had said that all without pausing, let's just tilt at his head. A bit, mouth hanging open. You lost me. Anyway, what did you write down? I wrote a story. One my mom told me. Like, I won't forget it if I write it. Down, you know? What I really want are books, but there aren't any here. So I'll just have to make them myself. Hmm. So that's what you really want to do, mine? I thought about Lutz's question and suddenly realized something. I had been thinking for a long time that I wanted to make books since they were too expensive for my poor family to own, but what I really wanted deep inside wasn't to make books. MMM, not quite. What I really want is to live a life surrounded by books. I want tons and tons of new books to be made every month. I want to buy all of them, and I want to spend my life reading them. You oh, so basically, you want books. Yes. I want them right now, so bad. But they're too expensive to buy. They're out of reach for me. So what can I do, but make them myself? Papers. Also too expensive, so I'll make clay tablets, write stories on them, and harden them. With that, let's finally clapped his hands together in understanding. You're making replacements for books right now, huh? Yeah. Things didn't go well last time, but that's the past. I'll make sure it works out this time. All right. I'll help out. Lutz was willing to go this far for me just because I shared a few recipes, which made me want to help him too. Okay then. What do you want to do, Lutz? It sounded like you have something you really want to do yourself. I. Yeah. I want to go to other cities. You know how the bards and traveling. Merchants go to all sorts of places and know all sorts of things? I want to do that. Too. Aha, uh -huh, that sounds really cool. Speaking of which, back in my Ureno. Days, I often dreamed of traveling the world to visit all sorts of foreign libraries and read their books. Thoughts of that now unattainable dream flashed through my mind, and soon I lowered my eyes. You really think that? I mean, I'd be leaving this city, you know? Ah, traveling seems wonderful. You can go all over the place, it seems. Like so much fun. Like, I actually dreamed of traveling all over the earth, and visiting tons of libraries. Huh. I don't know why I was worried about saying that. Man, mine. You're definitely gonna do what you want to do. What's stopping you from doing the same, Lutz? My head was so full of my Ureno dreams and wishes that I wasn't actually looking at him. I didn't see what kind of face he was making. Once we finally reached a dry part of the road, we walked on and soon came upon the forest. The slightly open part right inside was our meeting place. All right, let's get to gathering, everyone. If you're a littler kid, don't go too far. Always stay where you can see the meeting place. All right?
the larger kids made sure the little kids understood the rules before taking their bows and jogging deeper into the forest. The little kids glanced furtively in my direction. I was already exhausted just from walking to the forest, but I immediately began investigating the area to see what had become of my clay tablets. Um, does anyone know where the tablets are? I couldn't find the tree there. Other kids had marked for me. At first I thought I had just forgotten where it was, since it had been several days since then, but everyone else was looking around. Two, just as lost as I was. We definitely put the marker on a tree around here, didn't we? Faye's cronies all nodded together. He was pointing at a place where several trees had fallen from the storm. Well, we've got an idea on where they are, so we just got a search. Once. Lutz began digging through the shrubbery, everyone else hesitantly joined in and searched with him. And it's not just Faye's friends, but everyone. They're all such nice kids. Hey, ain't these it? It took a lot of work to find the marker, but Faye waved me over while. Squatting by some bushes. I dashed over there as fast as I could and found. Clumps of clay stuck together without any visible letters on them. As expected, the rain had messed them so much all my work had been erased. The tablets had. Returned to their original form. Ah. Uh, back to square one. I, I didn't break them this time, eh, right? I know that. Faye hurriedly covered for himself, but he didn't have to. I knew it wasn't his. Fault. I also knew everyone was buzzing around me, uncertain of what to do, not. Knowing whether they should console me or not. I knew I was stressing. Everyone out, but I couldn't stop my tears from flowing out. As I sobbed quietly to myself, I heard footsteps approach. They stopped, and. Then moments later, someone hit me lightly on the head. Mine, if you've got the time to cry, you've got the time to make more. Tablets. Lutz's voice broke through to me. He was right. I just had to try again, while Faye and the others were still willing to help me. I wiped away my snot and looked up. Right. I won't let the world beat me. I, first failed because of Faye. I then failed because of a storm. I've just experienced. Human and natural disasters. What else could the world throw at me? No matter. What happens, I'll finish these tablets. The clay I needed was right in front of me, so I just had to squish them into shape to start writing again. I knew where to get more if I ran out. Compared to when I was cluelessly searching for clay on my own, things were great. This is okay. I'm not back at square one at all. From these failures I've learned that I either need to finish the tablets all at once on a sunny day, or I need to work in a building with a roof. Today's weather is nice, and I have three helpers with more than enough strength and energy to spare. Faye and his cronies are only helping because of the promise they made out of fear, but still. With this, many helpers, I should be able to finish the clay tablets in no time. I only need Lutz, Faye, and Faye's friends' help. You can go focus on gathering, Tully. Okay. Good luck, everyone. Yeah. 
Tully's encouragement brightened my mood and I got right to work making. New Clay Tablets I had Faye and his first crony dig out more clay, then I had Lutz. And Faye's second crony squeezed the clay into the shape of tablets. My job was just using a thin stick to carve letters into them. Uh-huh, things are going perfectly. I needed ten clay tablets to write the whole story, so once you've made that many, you can go start gathering. Thanks. Why yeah. Faye and the others lined up tablets one by one in front of me, finishing all ten as soon as possible before running off to gather. And yet, Lutz. Kept digging out more clay. You're not going to go gather? Ralph's here today, so I can stick around and help you instead. Hmm. Well, I have enough clay, so why don't you practice writing on the ground? The ground was soft due to all the rain, so I took my stick and carved Lutz into it, using the letters of this world. What's that? Your name, Lutz. You won't be able to travel the world if you can't write. Your name, right? People of our city could go in and out of the gate without much fanfare, but apparently strangers entering new towns were asked their name and had to write it down. Otto, a former traveling merchant, had told me that the same was true for our city. Any strangers were checked quite severely before being led inside. If Lutz wanted to visit other cities someday, he had to at least learn how to write his own name. Hey, mine. This is, uh, my name? Uh-huh. If you want to travel the world, you should start learning your letters. Lutz started to practice writing his name on the ground with his green eyes sparkling. Meanwhile, I continued to write a story I had learned in this world in Japanese. I will definitely finish making this book, I chanted to myself over and over. Done. I had finished writing one of the stories mom had told me. I wanted to keep going and make Bedtime with Mom, a short story collection out of clay, tablets. It would be a book packed with stories I had learned for the first time. By coming to this world, I wrapped the finished clay tablets in the rags and stacked them carefully inside my basket, making sure not to break them or rub the words off. Once they were all inside, I let out a heavy sigh. My eyes turned upward and tears dripped. Out. I had finished my first book. Really, clay tablets weren't a sophisticated enough medium to really call books, but they were the closest thing I had in this world. I had begun life in this world at the end of fall, and spring was now ending. It took a very, very long time for me to get my first book. But now that I had made one, I got the feeling that my life here had finally stabilized. I can read books again. I can read books in this world. So, I think I'll be fine. Since I had been reborn in a world where books were too expensive for poor people to read, and I had been reborn into a weak body that got sick over nothing, I never really cared about pushing myself too hard. I didn't care if I ended up dying. This sickly child's body didn't feel like mine, and I couldn't imagine living in a world without books. I had no attachment to anything 
but now that I had a book, I had something I wanted to take care of. I got the feeling that I had finally found something worth living for in this world. I had found my path in this life. You finished, mine? Uh-huh. I finished, thanks to everyone's help. Even if Lutz and Tully's feelings were for mine, not me, they had in fact helped me make this book. I took off the rag and showed Tully and Lutz the finished clay tablets. Um, mine. What's written on these? This is the story of the star children. The one mom told me on that first. Night. First? Tully furrowed her brows in confusion. Uh-huh. It's the first story that I remember. Mom had whispered the story to me in a quiet voice the night I first became. Mine, when I had such a high fever I couldn't sleep. Her voice was filled with love, but it felt to me that her love was for someone else, not me. I didn't accept. Having become mine, so Mom's feelings and words went in one ear and out the other. They just made my confusion worse. Nothing in the world hurt more than Mom's love, for it worsened my sense of isolation. And yet, when I decided to make my own books, the story she told me was the first thing that came to mind. I got the feeling that by turning Mom's stories into a book, I would be able to accept the love contained within them. I, um, I really want to write down all the stories Mom told me, so I don't forget them. But won't the letters just disappear again? Tully looked worried, but I just smiled. They will, if I leave them like this, which is why I'll heat them up to harden them. Then we can read Mom's stories whenever we want. About half a year had passed since I began life in this world. And finally, four. The first time, I smiled a truly sincere smile. It would have been beautifully emotional for things to end right there, but... Sadly, I was not so lucky. I wanted to heat the tablets up as soon as I got home, so I waited for Mom to be distracted and immediately put the tablets on the... Hearth. Whereupon they exploded. I'm not kidding. You may think I'm just telling a joke, but it really happened. I heated them on the hearth, and boom, my first book turned to dust and rubble. I just stood there in a daze, and before I could figure out what went wrong, Mom yelled at me and made me swear not to make clay tablets a second time. Wait, what? Did I just get thrown back to square one for real? Um. Well, emotionally speaking, I feel a lot better, so maybe it's like three steps forward, two steps back? Um. W.H. What should I do now? Tully's baptism. If only I could have fired those clay tablets in the hearth and preserved them. Ha. Huh. I really didn't expect them to just explode like that. If only I had a knife like Tully, I could make some mock can. I was banned from making clay tablets after they exploded in the hearth, and while I was stuck thinking about how to proceed with bookmaking, Tully turned. 7. It was customary in this world to throw large celebrations for one seventh. Birthday. Or to be more precise, birth season, rather than birthday. A large. Baptism was held at the temple each season and all children in the city turning. Seven would go there to be baptized. They'd be able to work as apprentices after.
that, so I suppose one could say they were joining the workforce. I felt kind of uncomfortable about a religious event being mandatory, but when I thought about it like the shrine visits I'd go on in Japan as a child, it felt more natural. Weird. Since children under the age of seven weren't allowed to enter the temple, I couldn't watch the baptism myself. But neither could Dad. In a stroke of bad luck, Dad had a meeting on the day of Tully's baptism that he just couldn't avoid. The meeting had been ordered by an archnoble, one of a higher rank, family in noble society, and thus his head would literally fly if he didn't go. Literally? Really? That's scary. And yet, despite that, Dad had been complaining since morning, showing no signs of going to work. Don't wanna. Who cares about the meeting? This is. Tully's baptism, you know? Why would I care about a meeting on a day like this? It was true that Tully's baptism was a very special day. I imagined that the. Noble had children of his own, so I didn't get why he wouldn't be understanding. Of the situation. Wait, do noble children not go get baptized? I asked. I've heard that they don't go to the temple. They summon the priests to. Their home. Nobles don't understand how we commoners feel. I had been enduring his complaining since I imagined he just needed to calm. Down a little, but he had been going since last night and just wouldn't stop. Do. All worlds share how annoying a daughter-obsessed father gets when he misses. An important day with his children? I sighed while diligently combing Tully's. Hair from the middle outward. Dad, I'll go with you, so don't skip work. We can go with Tully on the way. There. And anyway, only children get to go inside the temple. Parents have to. Wait outside in the plaza. He would probably feel better if he tagged along and saw Tully mixing with. The other children in her dress. And yet, even with that suggestion in mind, Dad. Kept up complaining. It's a father's duty to wait outside the temple. Isn't going to work and making money a father's duty too? NGH. I'm done with this. If you don't want to go to work with me that much, you can go on your own. I let out a humph, causing Dad to look my way with tearful. Eyes full of sorrow. I'll go to work with you, mine. But I'll go right back to the temple plaza. Once the meeting's over. We're definitely gonna celebrate tonight. Tully couldn't move her head while I was braiding her hair, so she looked at Dad with just her eyes and smiled. Geez, Dad. I know that. We'll definitely celebrate together. And I'm really excited for it, so hurry home. Yeah. Tully's smile shot Dad's mood into the heavens. I could only clap my hands in awe of her angelic power. And then she made a request to me with that smile still in place. Mine, keep. An eye on dad and make sure he goes to work, okay? Leave it to me. I'll work hard so you can relax and go to the baptism. Wah, mine? Dad's pitiful behavior finally made Tully burst into laughter. She had a nice smile. With this much overwhelming love thrown her way, she... Wouldn't feel lonely even without dad waiting outside for her. Okay, done. You're looking super cute, Tully.
Thanks, mine. I had braided both the left and right sides of her hair in a half-up style, finishing things off with her hair ornament. It consisted of the tiny lace flowers I had made over the winter and looked like a bouquet. The variety of colored flowers suited Tully's dress and her bright, soft personality. My my, Tully. She really did pretty you up. Wah. Mom? As she was going to the temple with Tully as well, Mom was wearing her best outfit. It was a simple, light blue dress that stopped right above her shoes and gave her a dignified look to think that a simple change of clothing and crimson blush from crushed red plants would make her look so much more beautiful. Wow. My mom's got perfect jeans. She's like an absolute beauty. Mom, sit down. I'll braid your hair too. No need. I would stand out too much if you did my hair like that. Tully and The other children are the stars of the show here, not me. Okay. My intention wasn't to make her stand out, and I didn't think. Braided hair would change mom's look that much, but oh well. I didn't know what the other dresses would look like and there was the chance that I went too. Far. I jumped off the chair I had been standing on to braid Tully's hair. Okay, let's go. I took my tote bag to bring to the gate and left home with Tully. Dad, wearing his work clothes, and Mom went with us. Mom could normally walk at a steady pace, no matter what she was carrying, but today she walked down the stairs slowly while holding her skirt up with her hands to prevent herself from accidentally stepping on it. Tully learned from her example and lifted up her skirt a bit while taking each step. Thanks to that, I somehow managed to be faster than them and exited the building first for the first time in my life. Woo. There were tons of people in the plaza surrounding the well. I heard that the entire city celebrated the baptism together. Lutz and Ralph, who had finished his baptism in the spring, were both outside despite having nothing to do with the event. Our neighbors were coming out to congratulate the stars of this season's baptism. I had always been too sick to go outside much, so today was the first one I had ever seen. Congrats, Faye. Looking a lot more manly, dude. The pink-headed Faye had his baptism today as well, it seemed. He was wearing white clothes with green embroidery just like Tully, and his shirt was held in place by a diagonal green sash. Okay, I get it. Right. Now I see why being good at sewing is important. All. These clothes were homemade, so one's skills were being put right on display. Sewing skills were never that important in Japan, and even in this world I wore. Raggedy clothes most of the time, so I never understood it when mom told me. That being good at sewing was required to be a beauty. I never knew since I didn't have a point of comparison until now, but my mom really was great at sewing, I could see why she was so proud of herself. I hate working with needles, so I guess I'm pretty much guaranteed to never find a boyfriend or get married here. Wow, Tully. You're so cute. Lutz's mother, Carla, slapped her cheeks with overwhelming surprise after seeing Tully and complimented her in such a loud voice everyone in the plaza heard. 
Immediately, everyone's attention fell on. Tully and words of praise flew in from every which way. Congrats, Tully. Your hair's all braided and it's super cute, like a princess's. Tully blushed with embarrassment at Carla's praise and smiled. Her white, dress and green hair, with the light forming a halo on it due to the style of my braid, fluttered around her. MMM. Our Tully really is an angel. I can tell why. Dad's such an obsessive parent. Mine worked hard to braid it for me. Oh goodness, mine did that? To think she's good at something other than weird cooking. Mrs. Carla. That's just mean. Despite feeling depressed on the inside, I was a little relieved too. I might have been totally useless around the house, but I did have some skills that even this world valued. This looks really complex. How do you tie it together? Let me see too. Women and girls of all ages peered toward Tully's hair. Aya. They're just simple braids, don't stare at them. I didn't have a proper comb, so the parting lines are kinda messed you up. That's so nice, Tully. My baptisms this winter, I wish I could have my hair braided like that too. Once one girl let out a jealous sigh, cries of agreement rung out. People just kept saying me too, me too with no end in sight. Mine, everyone wants you to do their hair. I think that's a great idea. Tuli happily suggested that I braid everyone's hair, but I shook my head immediately. I couldn't. Why not? I could get sick at any moment. This is the first time I'm even seeing a baptism, remember? I hated to disappoint Tully, knowing that she wanted to show off her little sister, but I didn't want to braid the hair of a bunch of girls I didn't know each. Baptism In the first place, none of them would end up with braids like Tully's. None of them took proper care of their hair, just like Tully didn't before I came. Around, I especially didn't want to start cleaning and maintaining the dirty hair. Of strangers I didn't know. Oh, okay. You're healthier now, but we really can't tell when you'll get sick. That's too bad, I wanted everyone to know how amazing you are. I really wanted to grant Tully's request, since I was generally a useless waste. Of space, but this was physically and emotionally impossible for me. I could braid your hair while they watch, at least. But I won't promise to. Braid their hair myself. Yeah, okay. Dad always says not to make promises you can't keep, right? Everyone. Mine said she could teach you all how to make braids like this. Tully, satisfied with my compromise, went ahead and planned a future gathering. By the well, where I would show them how to do the braid. I really hadn't expected my simple braids to get so much attention. Now I knew why mom declined to have hers braided too. So, what about that hair ornament? Who made that? Mine. No, Tuli. Our whole family did. Mom and I made the flowers. Dad made. The hair stick part. Lace work was so rare that even Mom didn't know about it, despite being such. A talented seamstress. The older ladies here were fascinated by it. Hey, mine. Would you teach them how to make these too? I could, but they'd need to make thin needles first. 
Plus, mom would be a better teacher than me. I'm not as good at sewing as she is anyway. I wasn't the most social person out there, and I ran the risk of saying something weird due to my lack of familiarity with this world. Who knew what I should and shouldn't say to the moms around here, it would be best to just keep my distance and avoid accidentally exposing myself somehow. Clang, clang, clang. The temple's bells rang three times. Whenever the temple in the middle of the city rang its bells, the ringing echoed throughout the entire city. All of us who'd been making noises around the well fell silent for an instant. And then, someone let out a cheer. It's time. Let's go to the main street. With the kids being baptized in the lead, we walked onto the main street and saw other groups all doing the same from other alleys. A group of kids wearing white clothing was going from the edge of town to the temple in the center. The group walking consisted of those being baptized and their family with everyone else watching from the sides of the street. This feels pretty familiar. The way people on the sidelines waving and cheering as those on the road advanced forward made it feel just like a marathon. Distant cheers grew louder as the group of kids approached where we were. I looked to Tully, who was right beside me, and saw that she had kind of stiffened. Up with nervousness, I stretched as far as I could and poked Tully on the cheek. Wah. Why? Smile. You're cutest when you smile, Tully. Believe me. Tully's eyes opened wide, and then she smiled like she usually did. Geez, mine. That ain't right, mine. Tully's the cutest even when she doesn't smile. Ah, uh, what am I gonna do with you, Dad? Soon enough, we saw the front of the crowd. In the midst of the loudest. Cheers, clapping, and whistling yet, I saw plenty of kids wearing similarly white. Clothing. Some had bright smiles, some looked uncomfortable, some looked. Smug. Some looked nervous, but they all walked forward together. Tully and Faye stepped forward out of our group of onlookers. They walked forward briskly, watching the group of kids, and then joined in the back. After confirming that they had safely joined the group, we and Faye's family joined the group of families further in the back. More and more kids joined bit by bit as we crossed intersections. I had no idea how huge our group would be when we reached the center of the city. Some Parents were already teary-eyed from emotion just from walking with the group. For example, Dad. I jogged a bit to keep up with the procession, walking among the loud cheers. With everyone else. Since the cheers were coming from everywhere, I looked. Around and saw people watching on from the windows of their houses, and I even saw some people tossing small white flowers our way in celebration. The flowers drifted down as if they were coming from the blue sky itself. The children in the front let out happy cries. I was so short that I could really only see the hands of kids reaching up to try and catch some of the flowers. The group stopped after reaching the fountain where the main roads connected. The kids from the other roads joined together, swelling our numbers enormously all at once. This was as far as Dad and I could go. Wrong way, Dad. I took Dad's hand, stopping him from walking with the group to the temple, 
and pulled him away from the group. We walked to the side of the road and joined the onlookers so as to not get in anyone's way. Tuli. Geez. This way, Dad. Once the group passed, the onlookers began heading home. We followed the others and headed to the southern gate with Dad turning around multiple times, regret in his eyes. We're not going to be late, are we? Captain. You're late. Otto immediately called out to us with a sharp look. Once we reached the gate, then sent Dad to the meeting room. I would be using my slate to learn words just like always. In a pleasant surprise, today he was going to start teaching me the names of commonly traded products so that I could read the material ledgers that merchants would show to identify what they were bringing with them. The names of these products were the first words that were actually relevant to my daily life. Today's words all had to do with currently seasonable vegetables. It was easy to learn the words for vegetables often used in cooking like palm, a tomato that looks like a yellow paprika, bell, red lettuce, and fuchsia, green eggplant, but it was hard to mentally picture the vegetables I hadn't eaten before, so they took longer to learn. I really wish I could go to the market to match the words with the real thing. Butchers are still too much for me, though. As I was practicing my letters alone, a relatively young soldier rushed in. Holding paperwork. Do you know where Otto is? He's in a meeting right now. Oh, that's right. Crap, apparently, today's guard couldn't read. Paperwork very well. Do you want me to read it for you? Wah. You? I am Mr. Otto's assistant, you know. He looked at me very suspiciously. But I couldn't blame him, since I definitely looked too young to be literate. I was used to looks like his. In any case, I had only offered to help out of kindness, so I didn't mind if he didn't want to show it to me. Which seemed to be the case, so I dropped my eyes back to my slate and returned to studying. You can read, asked the guard, looking surprised after seeing me start. Writing on my slate. Whether or not I could read depended entirely on what kind of paperwork it 